Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. See, I told you it wouldn't take very long. The Garden Wise Guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk, are here on Legends 810, taking your phone call. And also, we are celebrating this day, the International Kangaroo Care Awareness Day. Oh, my, my kangaroo will be happy to hear I'm that. I'm sure of it. So go home and give him a big hug. All right. Uh, you know what? We've got an honorary wise guy on the line right now. No. Uh, Brian from Lafayette Florist is online, <laughs> too. Good morning, Brian. Hi, Brian. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? What up? <laughs> well, it's nice and foggy up here. Yeah, it is down here, too. Yeah, yeah. I noticed, Jim, on you posted a picture about three hours ago, you having a cup of coffee in the dark. I, that, you know, that's your, that's your best time is in the dark. Well, it was early. What can I tell you? <laughs> it was early, yeah. So, so it's great to hear you guys back on the air and, and doing your thing and uh, giving great information and all kinds of fun stuff about flowers. Uh, really appreciate you guys doing that. And, uh, yeah, Lori and I were laying here earlier just listening to you, and that's a good way to start today in the gardening day. Well, thanks for supporting the show, Brian. We really appreciate that. How's Lafayette Flores doing these days? You know, thanks, Keith. We're doing well. Um, we opened up the big greenhouses in back again. We had them shut down for the last couple of years, as we were rebuilding them and doing some uh, hemp production, leasing out the area to some hemp growers, and uh, they're coming back in July to start up their crops again. But uh, we made a deal that where I'll keep the greenhouses open to the public and my gardeners uh, April, May, and June. And uh, so the place is beautifully rebuilt. Uh, we've been there 72 years, of course, uh, four generations. And we needed to have the place kind of revamped, rebuilt, and it's all state-of-the-art now, and uh, everything's <coughs> shiny and new. So uh, I'm the only old thing there now. But, uh, everything else is shiny, shiny and spanking new. But, yeah, things are going well. Um, yeah, we've, we've got it filled up with wonderful vegetable starts and, and locally grown perennials and, you know, all those wonderful calliope geraniums and, and caliente bright colors and calibracoas everywhere. Sounds wonderful. That's, that's great that you have all that extra square footage to use this spring. Yeah, definitely so. It really came in handy when uh, that weather hit us pretty hard this last week and everything was inside and nice and toasty and warm and enjoying it indoors without having to cover things up outdoors and, and do all that. So Makes it a yeah, little easier so to sleep at night, doesn't it? You know, it really does. <laughs> and you know me. So, yeah, it, it really does. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a full, a full four hours now instead of three. So, you know, <laughs> Good for I'm, you. I'm pretty happy with my sleep pattern. Yeah, okay. well, springtime in the Rockies, yeah. Yeah. Well, tell everybody where you're located, Brian. Yeah, we're just, uh, you know, 25 miles north of Denver. Um, take uh, 40. No, that's a different song. Uh, <laughs> that's a great part. <laughs> um, you know, we're just, uh, we're in Lafayette, downtown Lafayette, easy to find, 600 South Public Road. 
like I said, we've been there uh, since 1949, and we have a full-service florist, um, a full-service uh, garden center, um, and uh, we got about two and a half acres in downtown Lafayette, believe it or not. And, and uh, we got to have good parking. I did in-close parking. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of uh, nursery stock and everything on the parking lot, and now we've taken all that and moved it indoors. And so you can park right up close, get right inside, and we can help you out with all your gardening needs. And we carry the Fertilone products and, and all the products you guys talk about. And uh, we just uh, hope you come up and see us. And uh, we're, we're still unloading trucks almost daily from our local growers. I'll bet. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're filling up still, and, you know, we're open Memorial Day. Everybody, you know, everybody should wait until about Memorial, other than their cold-hardy perennials and some shrubbery, you know, putting those warm-weather things in, like your tomatoes, your peppers, your, like you were saying earlier, your begonias and impatience and things like that, fuchsias. Um, you know, we're, we're really stocked up on those. And so this next week, um, you know, great time to come in and get them, get a good selection, and then get ready to get them in the ground. I've planted all my, of course, patio pots, about 10 of them, and I've had to carry them in and, you know, put them in the, put them in the living room for, for you know, about, about four or five days. And so that was fun. And my Japanese maple that's in a, in a wonderful big wooden crate, I've got a red dragon Japanese maple Yeah. A gorgeous, gorgeous uh, specimen piece, and uh, I'm, I'm going to put him in the ground uh, um, in the fall. You know, and just let him kind of acclimate where he's at and enjoy Colorado. But this rainy drizzle and cold, he thought he was back in Oregon and Ashley's <laughs> nursery there for a little while. Yeah, no doubt. He thought he was back. He thought he was back home in the mountains of Oregon, but uh, no. But we've got some wonderful plants, and we just would love everybody to come up and see us and. Uh, see tanner in the garden center and i my nephew jackson's working with us now and of course my wife Lori and sister-in-law sandy so it's it's all family and we're all up here working uh, like farmers and uh we just love you to come up and and see what we have to offer we have rose bushes and patio pots i think that's the trend is the the color of the patio pots and hanging baskets uh, people don't want to work too hard and i i get it it's hard to get down in that clay and on your knees and uh i had both mine replaced just for that reason but uh yeah, what'd you do with the old ones? Uh, you know, I, I made a planter out of them, and we're planting some uh, some uh, begonias in them. All right. It's a really, really neat planter. It's all silvery. Uh, anyway. Hey, Brian, <laughs> uh, people can check you guys out online, too, right? Yeah, com, or you can always see us on any social media. Um, Lafayette Florist uh, Garden Center on Facebook. And uh, any one of those, you could certainly uh, pop on. We're, we're very available. And, and, again, you know, if you need to send flowers anyplace in the world, you can give us a call. Uh, we have a 1-800 number. Um, that's all on our social media. So Fantastic florist. People come up and visit it and say hello and say you, you heard me yakking away at the, uh, at the Garden Wise Guys show. And I'm sitting here looking at you guys' picture. And, you know, see, so you guys have been doing it since 94, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The picture on here looks like about 78. <laughs> what, the year 78 or that we look 78? Uh, a little bit of both. A little bit of both, yeah. Okay. A little bit of both. No, that's funny. I'm sitting here looking at you guys. I'm just kind of laughing. It's been a, you know, we, we, we've been friends a long, long time, and I, and I appreciate what you guys do for the industry. So uh, thank you, and I'll let you get back to callers. Hey. But uh, come up to Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center. And big, beautiful downtown Lafayette, and say hello. We'd love hey, to see uh, you. Hey, uh, Brian, the next time you call in, we want a ditty. 
A ditty? Yeah, a singing a ditty about Lafayette Florist. A jingle. Oh, a jingle. Yeah. You know, you know what? I, I could probably do that. I think you probably could. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me come up with a little ditty. All right. I'll All right. next week. Okay, okay. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, guys. All right. There you go. Brian Wee from Lafayette Florist. You're right. He's, we've known each other for a long, long time. Almost too long. Oh, man. It hurts to think about that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's get back out to the phones. Okay. We've got Denver. We've got Denver waiting to Andrew us. Uh, we've got Andrew waiting out in Denver to talk to us about orchids. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. What's going on, Betty? Well, I've got a Phalaenopsis, mm-hmm. and it basically had buds on it. Uh, it's got three left, and they it just stopped. So, you know, I I was thinking, okay, this one is right next to the other one, which is blooming. But um, but then I realized, you know, it's about six inches closer to the window. Mm. So maybe maybe it was the temperature um, during our cold spring, but um, it it just isn't doing good. So it I don't think it's the temperature, but one leaf has these rings on it like circular rings Ooh, that's not good no that's not good is and it i don't know what that is <laughs> yeah that's typically either a bacterial or a viral uh problem um okay are these grocery store phalaenopsis um home the big box yeah 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 okay um boy the problem is it's really hard to tell how they were taken care of before you bought them and uh, so th- what happened is that the, the, the buds were there, but they're not opening. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, I've already lost a couple um, buds that fell off. And how are they being watered? Um, I water it, you know, whenever it's dry. And so it's a couple times a week. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe three times a week. And Do you take it I out of the decorative it. pot uh, and water it yeah. separately? Okay, good, good. Um, and you said you had another one that's doing well nearby? Right. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds to me like you have a decent amount of humidity in that area then. I do have them in, like, sitting above a tray. Okay. Water. All right. Yeah, it's, it, number one, it, like I said, it's hard to tell how they were taken care of, especially in a big box store environment. Um, right. That that's usually very drafty, and very dry, and and that that's typically spells death for buds uh, on on a lot of these orchids. Uh, so, okay. if it had been sitting there for a week or ten days or more at the store before you bought it, then I'm not surprised that that's happening. Uh, and and with those rings on the leaf, is it is like the oldest leaf on the plant, the the very bottom leaf. No, it's actually the newest one. Mm. Oh, that's not good. If I if I cut off that leaf, would it have a chance? <laughs> well, you you want to? Oh man! Yeah, you know, if it's bacterial, that might work. Yes, if it's viral, that it don't won't, won't work. work. Okay. You, what you might want to try to do is go to Google, and uh, Google leaf diseases for Phalaenopsis, and see what kind of pictures okay. you can come up with. See if you can't find right. a picture that exactly matches what you have. Okay. And then go to that and uh, and find out whether it's bacterial or viral. Okay. If it's viral, the next step should be just put it in the trash can. How long have you had it, Andrew? Um, just two years. So when oh. I bought it, 
it actually was doing good and it it actually formed more flowers than what I bought at the store. Oh, okay. I uh, see. So I, so I thought it was happy, but then this year, this is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you repotted it at all? Um, I did when I first got it. You did? Okay. And how big a pot is it in? Um, like the standard three inch or so, I think, three or four inch pot. Okay. All right. It it may be ready to go up into a larger container. I Normally, I grow Phalaenopsis in at least a five inch, even a six inch pot. Oh. Uh, okay. And and you're using an orchid bark or are you using potting soil? Yes, yes. Or, yes, yes to the bark. Okay, good. Uh, and what are you feeding with? Um, orchid. Well, that's the other thing. I didn't know if I was feeding too much or not enough. Um, I have a grow more orchid twenty ten twenty. That's perfect. So I now I I didn't do that during the winter. Are you supposed to yes. fertilize during the winter? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Phalaenopsis grow year-round, so okay. they need to have uh, adequate nutrition throughout the year. And I, I typically will fertilize at a quarter strength every watering. Oh, okay. And that way they that, get a that nice... That's a change. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll help a lot. So I'm sorry, I, I guess I misunderstood. You've had that orchid for a couple of years, so these are brand-new spikes that are having brand-new buds. They're not, yes. they're not the buds that yes. came from the, the no. uh, store. Okay, so, nope. I, yeah, I would look at uh, whether it needs to be repotted if, you, if, you get it, if it's being watered enough, because it sounds to me like it might be drying out too quickly between waterings in that small pot. <clears throat> Uh, okay. And then, you know, your humidity. But if your other orchid is doing well in that same humidity, then I doubt if it's the right. humidity. It's probably the size of the pot, and, and, uh, and the plant is just drying out too quickly. There are a lot of roots, so maybe it's just time for it to expand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give it, give it a good soak for about 15 or 20 minutes underwater, uh, the root system, before you repot it. And then uh, that makes the roots a lot more pliable, and they won't snap. Okay. Okay. I got one more question. What's that? Um, for this is the third year, I tried to start uh, echinacea seeds, and they always germinate. I germinate them between paper, wet paper towels, and they germinate. Then I plant them, and they get like one or two adult leaves, and then they just die. What kind of growing? Um, what kind of conditions do you have them growing under? I. I I start the seeds in like a terrarium type plastic um, terrarium container. Okay, and what kind uh, of soil? Um, probably not the best. Um, it's just a a mixture of all kinds of soils. Okay, next time you want to go get yourself a good um, either a germination mix or a good uh, uh, so, uh, potting soil, and okay. and and. You know, pay some money for it. This is not a place to, to nickel and dime it. And then okay. uh, instead of keeping them underneath that, what was probably a plastic dome or something. Right. Uh, right. You want to start giving them air as soon as they germinate. Oh, okay. They do need that air, and they need, if preferably, is some moving air. Is to keep gotcha. that very, very high humidity, which is really close to the soil, which is where all those seedling leaves are. You want to keep that area dry. And this is what moving oh, air does. And that then prevents 
what they call damping off diseases. These are fungus that love to hit little seedlings, especially those okay. that are kept in moist, humid conditions. That's what they're in. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's and that should correct it, and you should be able to succeed then. All right, great. I will try that. This okay, year. and you might want to just go Thank ahead and germ- just germinate them in the soil rather than germinating them yeah. in the paper towels. Yeah. Ah. Uh, okay. All right, I'll try that. All, All right. right. Thanks for calling, Andrew. All right, bye now. All right, we have to take a little break here and get it out of the way. But first, I want to announce that uh, in 1935, the Pirates beat the Phillies 20 to nothing. We'll be back right after this on Legends 810. What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend warm summer evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games, but your grass can't take that kind of pounding. Soon you see dry patches that turn into dirt and mud. You need a lawn that has been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own Turf Mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in sun or moon shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick, wear-resistant turf, perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought resistant. Colorado's own Turf Mix is available at your favorite local independent garden retailer. It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain and a monsoon. That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain wand on plants to the heart blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60 degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today, there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. DRAM watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse. Now that the weather is starting to warm up, you'll want to protect your ornamental and vegetable garden from various beetles, weevils, and borers, including Japanese beetles. And what better way to prevent these pests from destroying your garden than by controlling them when they're larvae? GrubGone is an easy-to-apply granule product that can be spread on your turf to successfully control grub invaders. Developed by Phylum Bioproducts from a naturally occurring bacteria, GrubGone is a non-chemical BT product that specifically targets only certain scarab pests. And it is safe to use around bees and other beneficial insects. And it's a non-chemical choice for areas frequented by kids or pets. Yes, and if you already have beetles flying around your yard, Beetle Gone is an organic water dispersal powder that can be sprayed directly on your edible plants. And did I mention, it is certified for organic gardening. Find out more at phylumbioproducts.com. Phylum Bioproducts, target the pest, not the rest. Starting with the man in the mirror. 
Call into the Fix-It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It Show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. Okay. You want me to talk now? Yeah, yeah, you talk. Yeah, you want me to You talk first. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. I want to remind everybody that we're also, in case you missed our program today, which is kind of a dumb thing to say, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you think about it, you can catch us again tomorrow night between 6 and 8 o'clock, and they rebroadcast the entire thing all over again. That's right. But don't call in then. No, don't call in on Sunday because- I mean, you can try, but it isn't going to work. You'll get a recording. Yeah. Absolutely. And you can also uh, access our podcasts now. We have them up and running on a website called Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com, Podbean. And uh, just go online, look that up, search The Garden Wise Show, and you'll be able to listen to all of our podcasts since we started here at The Legend. <clears throat> yeah. I was just thinking of that name, Podbean. We. Everybody in the last 20 years has learned an entirely new language. That's right. Whether you wanted to or not. Whether you wanted to. That's right. And exactly. things are named the most stupidest names. Oh, yeah. Well, that, The so dumbest they, things. So they stick with you. That's right. <laughs> Apparently. God. All right. Well, speaking of sticking with us, All Joe right. has stuck with us for a while here on the line. We need to get out to her and say, good morning, Joe. Hi, Joe. Good morning. Hi there. I have a question about if it's okay to prune aspen a little bit to make them bushier. Mm. Like take off part of the new growth? I would not. Oh. This time of year, uh, there are diseases and in insects that are a active, especially a disease called Cytospora, which is essentially deadly to aspen. Once you get it, it, it it's, a, it's a death sentence for the tree. So uh, I would restrict any kind of pruning on aspen trees to the middle of winter. Even if you disinfect your clippers? Even yep. if you disinfect it because the spores of this disease blow in the wind. Okay. So your clippers really have no, no effect as to whether the disease is going to bother your tree or not. Okay. And then I have a dwarf mugo pine. And can if I want to keep it real small, can I take out the whole candle? No. Or just part? No, just snap off a fourth, a half, or a two-thirds of the candle. Okay. And okay. don't cut the candle. No. Snap it off with your finger. Yep. And the okay. reason for that is if you cut it, the, the clipper or the scissors damages the new needles just below the cut, and they'll grow out with brown tips. So oh. if you snap it off, you're not damaging any of the remaining needles. Okay, good. Uh, and then one other question. I have a little apple tree that made it through the cold weather and is in full bloom. And I heard of a um, kind of a trap or uh, for coddling moss where you take I think it's some blackstrap molasses, cider vinegar and ammonia in a gallon of water and hang it on the tree. Do you think that is something that could be effective to attract and Yeah, you can, you can make your own traps. Typically what I don't know if you can buy these in garden centers but if you're on the west slope where they have apple orchards you can probably get them there. 
they amount to fake or artificial apples that have been dipped in or have these products that you mentioned already uh, available. So all you need to do is take it out of the package and hang it up in the tree. Okay. And there are it's also those, there there's also some where it's just a sticky surface. Is it? Yes. That's one trap. There's another trap that's actually a, that contains a pheromone that attracts the male moth, and and then they stick in the trap. And that's it's essentially to use to tell you it's time to spray your tree. Yeah. It's really not. Those traps are really not meant for the entire control program uh, as the only control program for. It's it's an indicator as to whether the moths are around, and then that tells you start spraying your tree. But the, this recipe with the molasses and vinegar and ammonia and water, does that sound a legitimate thing that would attract these moths? Well, I think they're attracted mostly, like Keith said, with a pheromone, which is something that the, the, the females put off to attract the males. And the males are usually around first. Yes, so you want to collect them up. And, and the and the product uh, commercial products already have that in, and, and with what you have mentioned, there's no pheromone there, so you're counting on the color. Uh, you haven't mentioned the color, or the smell, or the smell to bring oh, them okay. in, and it needs to be sticky enough to actually not only attract them, but once they come there, they get stuck and they can't can't fly off anymore. Well, I, I assume they said cut a hole in the side of a gallon jar jug and put this in. So I assume they'd go in to drink well, it. Yeah, you might try it, but you're not going to collect them all, unfortunately. And, and like I said, it's not meant for you to collect yeah. them all. It's just, a, it's just a method of telling you, oh, yeah, the moths are around, so now it's time to spray. Okay. Yeah, otherwise, you're not, right. yeah, you probably won't even see the moths yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. That's all. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. If you put, uh, you know, a thousand trips, traps in your tree, that might work. You might get them all. But you have to know what they look like, too. <laughs> in that, in that yeah. situation with the homemade thing, you have to know what a coddling moth looks like. Yeah. If you buy a commercial coddling moth with the pheromone, mm-hmm. it's going to attract coddling moth. Yeah. Yes. And not every other flying insect. Right. And so you know what you're catching in there is actually coddling moth, and it's time to spray. Because I imagine the concoction that she mentioned would attract a lot of insects. Oh, yeah. Including bees. I'm yeah. concerned that that would actually... Bees and wasps. Drowned and, bees in there. And, and probably hummingbirds and, and small other birds. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> or a raccoon is going to get up there and, and destroy the whole thing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, that would be my luck in my yard for that to happen. And by the way, the, a previous caller was talking about the seed germination thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a I have a oscillating fan, about a 14-inch oscillating fan in my basement where I do all my yeah. growing and germinating. And it runs 24-7. Mm-hmm. It never stops to keep that air moving constantly because it's really important not to have stagnant air in your growing area. Like for like what you said, funguses and bacterial diseases and all sorts of things can be a problem. Mold is also a problem. In some cases, like in my orchid room, algae on the walls can be another problem (laughs) because we're looking at 78% humidity in there. So keeping the air moving really helps with that. And, um, you know, I, I've been saving, um, when, we, when we order Chinese takeout or mm-hmm. delivery, they come in those clear top clamshell Clam type shell, things. Say, yeah. Those make great <coughs> germination trays. Mm-hmm. Really good, you know, especially if you poke some holes in the bottom to let them drain. But as soon, I mean, the, 
the same day, if if even at the same hour, as soon as I see new plants popping up out of the ground, mm-hmm. those tops open. Yep. I don't keep them closed. They've got to have that air circulation. And like you said, um, damping off uh, is going to be a yep. problem. And damping off is, is a generic name for a number of typically fungus that will attack soft, young plant tissue. And what happens is... You look at them, look at the new seedlings coming up and say, yay, this coming up, it's great, it's wonderful. And you go down the next day and they're all laying over on their side. Yep. And they're brown. The stem is brown at the, and constricted at the soil surface. Yep. And that's a clear indicator of, of um, damping off. Once it gets started, it's hard to stop it yep. in uh, that flat. Yeah, there are sprays, but at that stage of growth... It's just not practical. Well, what I, what I typically have done when, when it has been a problem for me, uh, because I don't always open the clamshells as quickly as I should, I just take a spoon and, and dig out that section of the flat and remove all the soil. And hopefully that'll stop it. And typically it does. But opening the shell is the biggest, the best thing to oh, do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Getting that humidome off of there and getting air circulation around those plants is the most important. Yep. Which is something people don't think about when they're growing these things in a windowsill. No. But you should. But you should. And especially on a sunny windowsill. <coughs> if you ever go into it, by the way, should you ever go into a commercial greenhouse where they grow plants for sale to, you know, to other people, the plants that can finally get into the garden center, you will see that every one of them, every, no exceptions, will have big, giant fans moving air around in their greenhouses 24 hours a day. All of them. There's a reason for that. They wouldn't, yep. they wouldn't spend that money on that energy if they didn't need to. Exactly. Because it works. It's, it's actually pretty cheap mm-hmm. when you think about the problems you could have if you didn't have them. Exactly. All right. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? We're at 830. And uh, John hasn't called in yet? Nope. Okay. Oh, since we took That's a little break surprising. here, I should tell people this is the 15th of May, in case anybody was, was not keeping track. Uh, sunrise today, 545. Sunset, 8. I think that gives you about 14 hours of sunlight. Pretty cool. Record high temperature for the day, 89 degrees. Record low, 29 degrees. Um, Snow water equivalent. Actually, it's probably water equivalent. Now, uh, 71% statewide. Well, that's gone up, didn't it? Yeah, a couple, but not much. South Platte River drainage, 114%. Wow. Yeah, well been raining here yeah i, I th- this may be the, the wettest spring on record it has been pretty wet yep. and and the yard looks like it i mean everything oh, in the yard is just it took happier. me hours to cut the grass yesterday <laughs> hours and now i have to remind myself in three days i better go back out there and cut it again because they have all this grass laying all over the place. Oh. And it grows pretty darn fast with these cool temperatures and, and uh, lots and lots of moisture. And no kidding. And we're about to get some more moisture, too. Several days' worth. Yep. Absolutely. In case you missed out on the first couple. You know, I, I did want to mention, though, it does, seem like, it does seem like we're a couple of weeks behind. We are. Um, my vegetable garden tells me that every day. Go out and look at it. I mean, everything's germinated finally. Man, it's just sitting there. It is slow, slow, slow. Even the stuff that you plant early because it's cool. Well, it's cool, but they're just not growing that much. Well, it's May 15th, for crying out loud. I know. And the crab apples are in full bloom. I know. That should have happened the end of April. Exactly. 
I'm turning my back in. It should have. back in. In a normal year. <laughs> I'm taking my <laughs> crab apples back. Are you? Yeah. I don't want them blooming now. <laughs> I'm going to give you a rebate. <laughs> a rebate. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a we have a special caller on the line right yeah. now. Uh, that is um, John with uh, Phylum Bioproducts, and those are the fine people who make Grub Gone and Beetle Gone. Good morning, John. Hi, Keith. How you doing? Good morning. Really good. Thanks for calling in this morning. Very good. I'm on my third cup of coffee, so I'm doing pretty well this morning. <laughs> well, if you need to take a, a break, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I may need to run and grab another cup here pretty soon. Okay. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> I, I'm glad you called in because we've already had uh, a couple of questions about uh, Japanese beetles on the show today. Okay. And uh, people are wanting alternatives to the, the, the pesticides that are out there, the chemical pesticides that they're worried about their dogs and their children and the pollinators and stuff like that. And uh, you have a product with Grub Gone and Beetle Gone that uh, addresses that issue. Sure. It's a, uh, it's a non-chemical or uh, what we call a biological product. It's uh, based on a uh, technology that has been in the market to control caterpillars and actually mosquitoes as well uh, for decades. And these products uh, have a very, very safe track record. They've been widely used in agriculture and mosquito abatement and actually uh, forestry as well, sprayed out of uh, planes and helicopters to uh, control caterpillars and uh, forest canopy. And so they, they just have a very safe track record. They're very targeted. And even though they're very targeted against uh, certain uh, insect pests, uh, they're very uh, high-performing products. So the, the performance side is, is very high uh, and uh, very safe as well. Well, so the uh, grub gun and beetle gun, it targets scarab beetles only, correct? That's correct. It's, it has a little bit wider uh, what we call spectrum of activity than that, but it's primarily uh, scarab beetles of all different types of species. There's there's another product out there that targets only Japanese beetle uh, grubs. Uh, our product actually uh, controls a variety of different scarab beetles. Hopefully you won't see uh, more of those types uh, in the Denver metro area anytime soon, but uh, a couple other species are uh, Asiatic garden beetle, uh, a bunch of different types of chafers, like European chafer, and, and others, but uh, primarily uh, you uh, out there targeting uh, Japanese beetles. Absolutely. So it's not going to hurt, let's say, lady beetles, because they are a beetle, but they're not a scarab beetle. That's true, absolutely. And, and as part of our uh, registration with the EPA, we, we had to uh, test against ladybird or uh, ladybug beetle and uh, no toxicity at all. So that's, that's how targeted these products are. It's just specific beetle insects. So um, speaking of targeting then, not only the pest, but the timing, how do you target the timing of applying these products? Like the grub gun, right now would be an excellent time to do that, correct? Uh, how cold is it out there? <laughs> oh, it's in the, it's in the 60s. Oh, okay. I, I just uh, caught the tail end of your last conversation. I was wondering if it snowed out there again. So, uh, no, this is, this is actually a good time. What happens is, uh, the grubs that survive uh, through last season, uh, beyond the fall and into the winter, they overwinter. They dive deep in, into the soil profile. Then, you know, when it, uh, the temperature of the soil reaches in the mid-50s, they start working their way up towards the root zone of turf and other plants. And so you're right. This is a, uh, the first window of application, let's say, 
for the season. There's a second, third, uh, sort of mid midsummer when uh, after you've seen the beetles fly, and you'll see them fly if you haven't in Denver. Uh, you'll see them fly eventually. Uh, they dive down into the soil profile midsummer and lay eggs. Then within two weeks, the the eggs hatch and uh, the, the smallest larvae crawl out, and that's that's a really good time to target uh, this particular pest as well. Then, of course, you have a third window of application in the fall, and we call that a rescue treatment. If you haven't treated at all and then you're seeing damage, that's a good time to treat before those grubs overwinter for the next season, or if you've used some products, a uh, variety of products, and you're seeing what we call breakthrough damage, and you can spot treat. Uh, so three windows of application, and, and now is the first window. And we really recommend if you have a pretty deep infestation that uh, you apply product in two of the three windows of application. Okay, so right now would be good for getting rid of the grubs that were deposited last fall uh, sure. by, by the adults. And then, again, in, like, well, probably around here, probably late July or even into August for getting rid of the new crop of grubs that are ha- have been laid by the beetles that hatched this year. That's right. Okay. And then, you, then there's the whole issue of the adult beetle, which does a lot of damage above ground, and that's what people really see is the adult beetle flying around and chewing up their roses and hibiscus and linden trees and uh, vegetables and that sort of thing. Uh, so you have beetle gone to deal with that. Yeah, that's right, Keith. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Japanese beetle is a very devastating pest. It, uh, it defoliates 300-plus uh, you know, agricultural crops, uh, as you mentioned, ornamentals, uh, both roses and uh, even ornamental trees, linden trees, very devastating pests. So our uh, beetle gun product is a what we call a wettable dispersible powder. You mix it in water, and then you spray it on the foliage, uh, we recommend, if you have a really deep infestation, we recommend spraying it every 7 to 14 days. Uh, we also recommend using uh, a sticker with it, which uh, there's a number of uh, stickers out there uh, that are uh, labeled organic or OMRI. Uh, I know some folks are using a rose fertilizer as well mixed with our product, and it helps the product stick. Uh, and, and that's that's to help it stick in case there's a lot of dew. I know you're in an arid climate, but dew in the morning or if you happen to get that rainfall after application. But ideally, you, you, you want to spray it when you don't see rain in the forecast for a few days and, and get that, that effectiveness or performance from the product for, for at least a number of days. Uh, the products are working really, really well across the country and up into Canada. People are very happy with the uh, adult beetle control with the beetle gun. So when the, when the adult beetle eats the product, they stop feeding fairly soon, but they don't die right away. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So uh, the researchers call that a moribund state. So uh, basically they, they nibble, uh, they eat a little bit of the product, and they get, uh, lack of a better phrase, a tummy, tummy ache. Uh, so they, they feel sick, and they, there's a cessation, or they stop feeding for a bit uh, and either die at that point because they've eaten a high enough dose or they'll nibble a little more and then uh, perish after that. Okay. Well, that's good. And it, and if birds or something eats those beetles that have eaten the product, that's not going to hurt the birds either. No, no toxicity to the birds. Uh, so I, I keep mentioning the word toxicity. Uh, so when... 
when you register these types of products and they are EPA reviewed and it's a, it's a, it's a long and, and very intense review. It's uh, for us, it was about a four year review with the EPA with all of the data that we generated uh, testing against a variety of birds and, and mammals and, and fish, et cetera. So it's, it's well reviewed on the tox side and no toxicity against birds. That's great. So, and you said it was OMRI listed, so that's great for organic gardeners. That's right. Yeah, so uh, the, uh, the BeetleCon uh, underwent uh, EPA uh, National Organic Program review, so we sell a lot of uh, one version of BeetleCon to organic growers, farmers uh, who grow grapes, uh, both table and wine grapes, a variety of high-value crops, blueberries included, even orchards. We sell to uh, fruit and nut uh, growers and uh, they're very happy with the product and if any folks out there are more on the aggy side we have uh, a few interesting uh, types of mixes with our our product all all uh, non-chemical mixes and uh, they're working very very well out in the uh, out in the field well and lastly i think that everybody needs to know that these products are readily available this year at the garden centers the independents usually are pretty well stocked on both products the, the grub gone and the beetle gone so you shouldn't have any trouble finding them this year. They are. You know, the supply chain has been pretty rough this year. I think a lot of people uh, may have heard that uh, here and there. And uh, But we've, we've held it together pretty well, and we, we do have product out there in all the stores. And uh, Troy Main, our, our sales lead sales guy out in Denver Metro, has done a very nice job uh, distributing the products out to a variety of, of retailers out there. And if, uh, you, uh, if the folks out there need a list of, uh, let's say, retailers in Denver who carry our products, they can certainly uh, contact us uh, through our website at phylumbioproducts.com, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll send you a list. That sounds great. Okay, John? Okay. Well, we appreciate you calling in this morning, and uh, uh, we'll talk again probably later on in the summer. <coughs> And about uh, about this very same subject, because I know people will have questions. Yeah, you bet, Keith. You guys uh, have a good weekend. You too, John. Take care. You got it. Thanks. John, John des- described a state that I find myself in more, more than I care to admit, the moribund state. <laughs> have you, sus- well, especially you, have you had a cessation of feeding? <laughs> well, yeah, at certain times. I told yeah. you he was a science guy. <laughs> yeah, he he is. I hadn't heard that term a long time. Moribund state. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess we're close enough to a to a break that we're going to go ahead and take that, and get it out of the way, so we can run right back to the top of the hour and end this program right here on Legends Eight Ten. Summer gardens just around the corner. Now is the time to select DeWitt landscaping fabrics to block and prevent weeds without harmful chemicals. Save time and trouble pulling weeds by installing fabrics for every application under the sun. DeWitt Weed Barrier and Weed Barrier Pro block weeds guaranteed and allows air, water, and nutrients to pass through. The fabric conserves soil moisture and promotes plant growth. New to the lineup, DeWitt Garden Weed Barrier. A biodegradable paper mulch that is perfect for vegetable garden lovers and organic enthusiasts alike. Simply unroll and install before planting, and at the end of the growing season, just rototill it into the soil or throw it into the compost bin. Perfect for annual gardens. 
DeWitt Landscaping Products and Plant Fabrics are the number one choice of professionals in the lawn and garden industry. DeWitt's high-performance quality products save time and are environmentally safe for the responsible homeowner. You'll find DeWitt products at your favorite independent garden center retailers. Happy May from Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bowles Avenue. You will find trees and shrubs, annuals, perennials, herbs, veggies, hanging baskets, and lots of garden decor at Jared's. Of course, you will need to keep an eye on what Mother Nature is doing and be prepared to either cover or bring tender plant material inside if we have some cold nights. In addition to plants, Jared's has a great gift shop with unique items. Shouldn't be hard to find something that will make anyone on your gift list smile. Koi fish and water plants have also arrived. Most of their trees and shrubs are now in stock and this is a great time to add trees and shrubs to your landscape. Their knowledgeable staff will assist you in selecting the right plants for your conditions. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden is located at 10500 West Bowles Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Spring hours are 9 to 6, Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on weekends. They hope to see you soon. Time for Ask the Bonide Guy. I've got the answers to what's bugging you. Here's Johnny Online 2. Oh, hey, Bonide Guy. My head's spinning. Ooh. There are so many products out there that claim they can stop insects from destroying my yard and garden. So how do I find the best one? Yeah, no problem, Johnny. Sounds like you need eight. Eight? Dude, I just want one. Then get eight. It's better than seven. What? Eight brand insect control from Bonide. It kills over a hundred different insect pests on vegetables, fruits, flowers, shrubs, trees, and ornamentals. Ah, uh, hang on. You said eight kills over a hundred different insects? Sure does. How's it do all that? 8 kills on contact and continues to control and repel insects for up to 30 days. And we're talking those hungry pests you really don't want in your garden, like aphids, white flies, beetles, thrips, and many more. Thanks, Bonide guy. Guess you could say 8's got their number. Oh, you just did. And you know what else? There's more? Oh, yeah. 8's water-based, odorless, and non-staining. So if you want one product to stop insects this summer, get 8 brand insect control from Bonide. Trusted since 1926. Visit your local hardware store or garden center today. Learn more at Bonide.com. Have you got spring fever? Then come visit Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market. We are one of Colorado's largest garden centers with over 10 acres of top quality plants and the finest gardening products on the market. Get a head start on the season with seeds, seed starting supplies, onion and potato sets, hardy pansies, herbs, spring bulbs, houseplants, soils, and fertilizers. Come see many unusual plants as well as trusted favorites. All the newest variety of trees, shrubs, evergreens, roses, and perennials are arriving weekly. Our bulk and landscape yard is stocked with compost, mulches, and decorative rock with delivery available. Our friendly and helpful expert staff is ready to assist. Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market, celebrating 34 years of color, quality, and service. Located two blocks north of Iliff on Chambers Road in Aurora. Also visit us at nicksgardencenter.com. All right, we're back. We're back indeed. Oh, and by the way, I want to announce that uh, the, the, garden, the Garden Wise guys are working on 5G. We will soon have 5G garden show up and running. In fact, our research department is looking at 6G already. That's right. Yeah. We want to be ahead of the curve, we don't you know? We we will be the only 5G gardening show in the nation, since nothing else is. Do you is. know what 5G means? <laughs> well, loosely, it stands for the fifth generation of, of whatever 
whatever they're working with. <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> understand it. Well, then we're 27G because well, we're in the 27th oh. iteration of our show. It used to be 4G LTE. LTE? And nobody except one person I have ever asked knew what that stood for. What does it stand for? Long-term evolution. And now that you know what it stands for, you tell me what that means. It's just as meaningless <laughs> I as know. 5G. <laughs> but, boy, they, they advertised the heck out of that. Yeah. 4G LTE. There you go. Well, our phone number here is 303-477-2473. We have no callers right now, so it's your oh, opportunity to get wait in. Wait a minute. That's your, that's your fault, Keith. You got rid of all of them. I didn't. So here we go again, 303-477-2473. In the meantime, since we have to make up some time, uh, today is Plant a Lemon Tree Day. It is. And that happens only once a year, so this is the day to do that. Um, 1940, nylon stockings from DuPont went on general sale for the first time in the United States. 1940. And since I have one more, also in 1940 on this date, uh, two people by the name of Richard Maurice McDonald. Guess what they did? What? They opened the first McDonald's restaurant in San Bernardino, California. And look what happened to that. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. All over the, all over the world. So what can you, I say? If you want to go and, and enjoy another culture, why go to any, any country in the world and you can get a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Why you would want to do that, I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Oh dear. It's also World Whiskey Day. I, now I, that I can get that, behind. I may, <laughs> I, I may uh, celebrate that later on today. Not earlier, because uh, I have to be pretty close to my bed when I start imbibing like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't last long. <laughs> There's no way in the world I would ever drink and drive. I wouldn't make it to the car. Hey, no kidding. <laughs> Well, I shouldn't laugh thing. about such things. But All it, right. Okay. What oh, uh, on Facebook, on? I yeah. put two things up there. Um, I knew an article called Leading Lady Raspberry. A, a very, very prolific raspberry-colored uh, monarda mm-hmm. or bee balm. Hosta Party Streamers. Always interested in these weird things. Party Streamers is a hosta that has very narrow strap-like leaves. Almost and, and grassy Yeah, almost grassy. They're trying to make it look like a grass. Yeah, and they're trying to make grass look like hosta. <laughs> exactly. By the way, I did find a really cool variegated borage plant that oh, has green yeah. and white leaves yeah. that look like hosta. So if, you're, if you want something that looks like hosta but will grow in the sun, this variegated borage okay. will do the trick. There you go. We should make a list of things that look like something else. <laughs> That's true. There could be a lot of them by now. Yeah. I yeah. mean a lot. So I just wanted to let everybody know that it's a good <clears> idea <throat> before you go to the garden center is to make sure that you know if you want to plant for a certain spot in your yard, make sure you know what the sun pattern is for yes. that area. You get, you get morning sun only or only afternoon sun. And or preferably both. how many hours of each. Preferably. During, and only during the growing season. I don't care about the winter no. so much. It's just what is it getting during the growing season? And that, that will help whoever you're, who is helping you uh, find a plant that's appropriate for that situation. Because, you know, plants aren't cheap anymore. Tell me. It is expensive to buy plants. And there's, 
it, you know, if you, if you can do a little planning, a little research, a, a little checking things out before you go to the store, you won't be wasting money. I got, I got free plants today. Free. I didn't pay anything for them. That's true. You didn't. And thank you very much again for those. And not to be careful. You, you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Shishito. Shishito peppers. Okay. Shishito peppers. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my favorite pepper in the world. And I just can't. And they're really good-looking plants. You, you grew them very well. Well, thank you. Yes. They've never wilted. Uh, how big do they get? Oh, 16, 18 inches. Okay, good-sized pepper. All yeah. Right. Yeah. I've got the uh, perfect place to put them, too. All right. Well, let's get out to the phone. Here. We've got Linda waiting to talk to us uh, about putting plants outside. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, fellas. What's going on? I've got two questions for you. Um, we have uh, a very large spruce tree, and some different things have appeared on it this year. And it's like a, um, almost like a nut, but it's soft, and it's kind of reddish in color. Uh-huh. Oh, and it's yellow inside. Yeah, that's the, those are the male cones. Spruce oh, well, trees. Okay. Spruce trees produce male and female cones. And the okay. male ones are small. And they start out reddish, and the female cones are, are what you end up seeing on the tree hanging down later on. Oh. Close to the top. Yeah. All right. All right. And so those male cones are going to produce all that yellow pollen. Yay! Oh. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. So it sounds um, to me like your tree is, is, is moving from its teenage stage to its... Young adult stage. It's in puberty. It's in puberty, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crud. That's not good. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, it's a beautiful tree. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that's yeah. all it is. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, I have, I have some coleus that I um, took from clippings and started it in the fall, and they've gotten huge, and I want to put them outside. How long should I harden them off? I wouldn't do that until later on this month anyway. Okay. Yeah, okay. put them out put them out where they can get all morning sun and then yeah, protect they do. Yeah, yeah, protect them from afternoon sun. And do you know if these are uh coleys that you had outside last year? No, these are new ones. Okay, cuz some coleus are still some of the shade only coleus and others will take full sun. Okay. Yeah. Where did where did you have them last year? Well, I had them in the same place I want to put them this year. Okay. Um, and so, direction-wise, I know you just mentioned that earlier. I'm not quite sure. Honey, what direction is the house? In the front. Uh, northwest. Northwest. Yeah. yeah, well, they did well there that last year. They'll do well there again this year. Yep. You just want to harden them off for, I'd say, a week to ten days before you okay. plant them out there permanently. And like right. Jim said, you want to wait until it gets a little bit warmer. They don't like those cool night temperatures that drop below 50 degrees. They don't like that at all. Okay. Well, I'll give them another month indoors then. Yeah, okay. uh, Maybe that long, yeah. Maybe only two weeks. Okay. Okay? All right. Well, thanks so much. You bet, Linda. You bet. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. I uh, mentioned that <clears throat> at, at the top of our show, at the beginning of the show today, at, that uh, I look at the weather forecast for the next seven days and how I've 
not only I've been wrong, but the weather forecast has been wrong for two weeks out of three. Anyway, looked at it uh, this morning, I think I looked, uh, and the temperature this morning outside our house is like 53 degrees. Mm-hmm. But the one that's listed for everybody else to take a look at is I think all the nights next week are going to be in the 40s. That's still good. Pre- it's, that's, you know, it's above yeah. freezing. so That's still pretty chilly for the oh, warm yeah. season th- yeah. type things. But <clears throat> our, all of our cool season crops, a lot of things like petunias and pansies and alyssum and lobelia, mm-hmm. lots of that stuff. Snapdragons. Snapdragons, absolutely. Stock is yep. another good one. They all like the cool temperatures. They, they love being out in the cool temperatures. It's those really fussy little things like fuchsias and coleus and begonias and impatience that don't like the cold no. temperatures. No, not going to do it. And, and night temperatures are just as important <laughs> as the day temperatures. This time of year, probably more so. More so, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because you got you know one hour at 32 degrees. That's it. You're done. Yep, absolutely. With, with those warm things. Now, I've had yep. plants out for the last three weeks that have been getting freezing temperatures and they, they were hardened Did off. Did they get snowed on too? They got snowed on. Okay. Yeah, no problem. They, they, they handle it. But I knew that they would. I didn't put the really tender stuff out yet. All right, me neither. Um, boy, there's music. That means we're done for the weekend. And uh, we're going to do this all over again tomorrow night. It's between 6 and 8 o'clock at night. We won't be here in person, but you'll hear our voices. In the meantime, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, remember, as always, keep that shovel sharp. And be careful where you devil. It's that time of year. Save up your questions, and next week we'll come back and answer them right here on Legends A10. The preceding program is sponsored by JK Communications.